Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the THP Strength Podcast. My name is Isaiah Rivera. I am a professional dunker who has officially tested a 48-inch vertical. I also train athletes on how to jump higher, run faster. And this is my partner in crime, John Evans. What's up, kids? I'm a track coach. Just kidding. (laughs) And I coach pro dunkers. (laughs) And other kids who want to jump high. And I know shit. That's my intro today. (laughs) This week's podcast is brought to you by Legion Supplements. One of the biggest questions we get asked is, how can I improve recovery? One of the only ways to do this is to give your body more of what it already needs. Increasing bioavailability of these micronutrients can help you help you. In other words, it lets your body do what it is already trying to do during recovery, but better. Use the code THP at checkout if you decide to purchase some supplements. Secondly, we want to shout out Hawkins Dynamics. If you're looking for horse plates to fact check us, go check them out. Lastly, if you are looking to get online coaching on how to jump higher, go to thpstrength.com. You can either choose from full service coaching or training only. And on there, you will have access to both me and John Evans, who will personally coach you to achieve any training-related goal that you have. Should we share a, a brief anecdote from the training each day? Maybe just like a training win. <laughs> a training win? Yeah, like what kind yeah of just, training like, win? just like let's think of an athlete recently that had a big win. And we'll we'll highlight them on the on on the podcast today. I want to highlight Derek Smith. Derek Smith, a year ago ish, I actually don't know exactly how long ago. DM me. He told me this in the Facebook chat, and he said, uh-huh. "Hey, what should I do about my knee? I want to get surgery. Nothing's working." And it was this really like depressing sob story. And I was kind of like, "The last thing you want to do is get surgery. Do not do that." And then yeah. fast forward two years, he sends us a message in the Facebook group, and he's like, "Today was the first day in two years that I jumped." without knee pain and it was him dunking on 9-11 and a half nine and like three quarters or something like that and he's like i'm super grateful for this appreciate john telling me what to do in the dms a year ago and i was like oh my heart warmed my heart awesome anyways shout out derek shout out derek smith um so today's podcast we are going to be talking what about what's the question what here? what's the question here go ahead you want me to say it yeah you say it, you say it can you jump higher? And in terms of absolutes, can you jump higher off one foot or two foot? Two feet. Two foot. <laughs> All right. Your experience, there you go. Uh, two foot. My experience. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't know which one has the highest potential. When also, what do you mean by jumping higher? Vertex, baby. Vertex. So who can who can record a higher record difference a higher between vertical. their max touch and their reach? Yep, that's how I would define vertical jump. Yes, that is true. <laughs> All right. What All right. what is the other way to do it? <laughs> Things you can jump over? Because in that case, well, there's well, there's I mean, like force play. Because you know how you can measure it with hang time, but one foot jumpers don't. Have oh yeah, as... but I wouldn't because you're changing. If you look at the displacement of center mass, it would be like the same. Yeah, yeah. Flight time's flawed most times, honestly. I don't like flight time. Unless the landing strategy is the same as the takeoff strategy. But it won't be. Like the position. Yeah. So my my prediction is that two-foot jumpers have higher potential for jumping higher. I think that if you're looking... Okay, so this kind of comes to the argument of like, how do you measure vertical? Because if you're using flight time, it's going to be two-foot. If you're using force plates, it's or force plates, it's gonna be 
well, it depends on how you calculate it, but it would probably, like if you used average forces or the impulses, use impulses to see the change in momentum and then you were able to get the vertical velocities, it would be, I, I don't know, dude, one foot might take the cake. Honestly, one foot might take the cake. You were looking at that. And then if you're looking at like vertical velocities based off high jump research, I think that it's definitely high jump for sure. And then if you're looking at Vertec, I think most guys, two foot jumpers would, would win there. So it's kind of, it's difficult because in terms of Vertec, I can't think of anyone that has off one foot tested uh, other than Ivan, Ilya Ivanyuk, that has tested a legitimate 48, 49. I mean, is anyone? Mm, not that I know of off the top of my head. Ilya, I feel like Ilya Sutherland could one. probably test up there. Sutherland? Yeah, on his best days. Yeah. His reach is big, though. Um, He'd have to touch, like, well, what did he dunk on? 11.8 or something? Yeah, he dunked on 11.8. And he's and he's maxed out the Vertec pretty easily as well. I think he like, could I, touch I think on any given day, he, I think on any given day, he can, like, minimum touch 12 feet like, <laughs> easily. <clears throat> Easy. No big deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, you can get him on a day resource fuck and then just put him on a vertigo. He'll probably max it out. Uh, but he's also, he has a big ass reach. Like That's what I'm saying. His reach is like big. High ass reach. Uh, That's tough. I mean, so here's the thing is like, I think about elite high jumpers. You have Stefan Holmes was like 5'11, bro, and jumping 7'10 or something like that in high jump. Like, or 7'11, maybe? 7'10 and a half? That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. I have a 40-inch vertical, and I've jumped, like, 6'6". Dude, he's, like, an inch shorter than me and has high-jumped a foot in three inches higher? Like, that's crazy. I mean, that just absolutely... I mean, granted, my high-jump technique is trash. It is absolute doo-doo, trash, dog shit. But (laughs) off my left foot, (laughs) I can't rotate. I can't spin, so I don't generate somersault very well, and my ground contact times are way too long. But still, yeah. that is, I mean, think about that. That's crazy. Then you have like Ilya Ivanyuk, same thing, right? Has touched like 11.10 or 11.9 or something like that with his reach. And we calculated it. it was like 50 or 50 or slightly above 50. I mean, that uh, we asked him too. And I was, I told him, I was like, try to touch this. And he's like, that, that is too much. <laughs> I, have, I have a question for you. Could you give a list Oh, your top 10 highest jumpers of all time. One For or me, two foot. one or two foot. My highest yeah. jumpers of all time. Yeah. Again, it comes back to like how you're measuring it. Like if I go like standing vertical, it's like Josh Mbidouye or whatever. The kid from USC. Not running, literally just max touch minus. minus like on the vertex. You, you went on the vertex. Yeah, on a vertex. 10. They're all going to be two foot on a vertex. I mean, may, may, no. Ilya, on a vertex that I've seen, that we've seen manifested. Wait, you, you cut off a little bit. Sorry, uh, that we've seen manifested, that we've seen actually exist and actually occur. I mean, they're all two-foot jumpers outside of Ilya. Ilya's the only guy that actually does a vertex. Like, no one else does a vertex. Yeah. No one else will actually Well, I don't, I don't mean that has actually, like, tested on a vertex. I just mean who do you think would test. So I think if – dude, here's the thing. High jumpers would rotate. They would start flipping if they were to hit their peak verticals, I think. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if they could lean backwards enough to stop them from rotating. Like I think because they're running so fast and they're taking off in such short ground contact times, they have to flip. The only way for them to not flip is to lean back more or lean really lean backwards more is how they would stop the flipping momentum. Right. And I just don't know if 
that would be possible. <laughs> like they would be leaning back so far to stop that forward somersault. And yeah, I just, I don't know if it would be possible for them to hit their peak verticals any other way. The other part of it too, is that when they run a curve and high jump, they're leaning inwards. So that gives them an even lower, they can run faster and lean more. So they have to flip. Yeah. They basically to not like, it's dangerous for them to hit their max verticals and not flip and have a mat. Like that is very dangerous for them to do. <laughs> so yeah. I think like, I mean, you could look at like scissor kicks and stuff like that. You've seen guys that's not flipping or whatever. Like Mutaz Barsham is scissor kicked. Well, I think seven, one or seven, two. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Your center of mass is pretty high above the bar and these guys are scissor kicking it. Like they're not flipping at all. They're basically upright, just whoop, whoop, right over the bar. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> so I think like without them flipping with that as the requisite, you know, I think they would, you know, if they practiced it, I think you would see guys testing that 46 to 50 range pretty consistently. Like I think Stefan Holmes could definitely have probably tested. <clears throat> I think he could have, I don't know. I mean, you saw him hurdle over his head, like several yeah. inches over his head easily, <laughs> just like over and over again. Boop, 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 boop. You give him a full approach and let him jump over it, like hurdle over things. I mean, what did, what did Ilya Ivanyuk touch? I don't, I don't remember. I think it was, I have a post on it. I think it was like 11, 10 or something like that. And he was like, got a yeah, tiny little reach. Short. Well, it's, it's, he's short and he has short arms. Have you seen his arms? His arms are like not yeah, long yeah, yeah. whatsoever. So that's why I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I believe that. I think his reach was like 7'10". And he's got little arms and I think he's like my height. So I think he has a shorter reach than 7'10". Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't it wasn't a lot. He he just has, yeah, really short arms. I, I got to find the video of him testing because I think shortly after that, we got him on the podcast, which is crazy that we got him on a podcast. It's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I can't find the video to find out what his reach was. But if I had to, t like, dude, when I saw Daryl Sullivan jump, like high jump, when I've seen guys high jump, like Daryl Sullivan, I saw jump 230 something. Daryl Sullivan also said that he officially has tested over 50. Like, and there's a video of it. We just, there's no measurement, so we can't tell, you know? And it's like a crappy video. Yeah. I don't know the frame rate. Like I haven't really looked at it. And plus, if you're going to use flight times for one foot jumpers, it's usually crap because they're going to manipulate. Bro, I would, I would pay people to test. Like if we were like, yo, I'll give you one rack. 500 bucks. We'll fly to you. Let us bring a vertex. And can we just test on the vertex? Can we just test you? Can we just test like, you I would on, on a running vertical? Like, hey, we yeah, want you I to would practice test so many reach. guys. Well, yeah. So, like, at Duke, I mean, at Duke, like, Bo Allen, this kid was, like, a seven-foot high jumper, and he's, like, six four, six five. I mean, seven two. I think is his PR, seven one. And he's, again, six. he's way taller than me. I think he's, like, six three, six four. He tested a, on the vertex 41 or 42. Like, I mean, I did the math and everything, and I was like, yeah, that adds up, like, based on your high jump and everything. I mean, think, you're getting guys yeah. that are jumping almost a foot high, uh, like, a foot higher than that. Like, <laughs> yeah. so you can do math to, like, figure out what their verticals are. I don't know. I've told you this before. You take their center of mass at takeoff, at toe-off, so their foot is plantar flexed, right? It's not when their yeah. foot, it's not when they're standing straight up and down. It's when they're plantar flexed. There's a correction for it that'll tell you their vertical displacement from the top of their jump to when they're plantar flexed. So like when you test your standing reach on a vertex, you're not plantar flexed, right? And so like yeah. you're not going to hit you're not going to hit your your vertical is going to be way lower. Oh yeah, that's the thing. When you test so when you test your vertical based on hang time, you're doing it based you off You should of add like you should add like 3 inches well, to that number, no, right? Because, because of, no, your your equation already does that. 
the one that you use, the equations you use already, it already corrects for that. Like there's a correction. If you have true flight times like that, like toe down to toe down, like on my app, the, my jump Two app, there's a correction. Remember your best, your best jump. Well, that's, that's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying is that is the, my jump Two app. So the, my jump Two app is different than the online thing that you use. Cause you, so for those of you that don't know, Isaiah will oftentimes measure his flight time, go to this, um, it's like a website that basically estimates your vertical jump based off your flight time. And it already corrects for the fact that your standing reach is going to be lower than when you're plantar flexed on your tippy toes. And it gives you a vertical. If you use the my jump Two app, it uses touchdown to touchdown and your vertical is way lower on it. Like way lower. What's the highest you've hit on the my jump Two app. I think like 46 or something, right? 45, 45. Yeah. 45, 45 yeah. <laughs> on a vertex. And you've that was touched, when I tested 48. That's what I'm saying. So, It'll, I thought that was my dog howling, but it was a <laughs> siren. Um, so that, I mean, that takes off three, four inches or whatever. Like, you know, if you're using the same calculations that again, high jumpers are using something comparable. They're using like the toe to basically they're, and then looking at the vertical, they're actually looking at vertical velocity. So it's actually more, I don't know if they're estimating the vertical velocities or if they're using 3d motion analysis to calculate where each of the limbs are in space at the top of the bar and then estimate where the center of mass is and then look at their center of mass at takeoff. Like if you do it that way, these guys are still hitting like four, seven, five in vertical velocity, which equates to again, like 54, 55 inch verticals. So, I mean, it's like just by that, <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah. they're better, but you could, you could use gymnasts as an example too, and say, well, gymnasts flip, gymnasts flip, gymnasts have way higher displacements than that. Gymnasts have verticals and they jump off two feet. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's a caveat. Like you can't really say definitively which one's better because like you have to put certain parameters around the testing protocol. You can't just say, if you're just saying highest displacement, like how high can you get your center of mass? Gymnast, gymnast for sure. But guess what? Their strategy is useless for anything other than gymnastics. So who gives a shit? (laughs) Like, Like if you're doing a vertex, it matters because you can catch a ball at 12 feet you can dunk at 12 feet. You can, uh, do a dunk and finish it at 12 feet. You get to do all the fun stuff, right. Versus just flipping like flip, like, you know, flipping's entertaining, think, but like, as far as other sports, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know what I think is probably the best for a dunker. Like, let's say like me and John, we were talking about like, possibly creating some kind of dunk league or something like that. I honestly think that the best way to measure something like that would probably be a high check and then have some kind of way of like, because um, that nobody can cheat how tall they are, and then yeah, but this but, would be purely but the size. In, your arms I, matter. How long your arms matter? How long your feet? Like how long your feet are matters. Like I don't like hike, and there's a strategy behind it too. So I mean, if you practice it, I guess it doesn't matter. But like, I don't like height checks. I don't at all. Like they, you, there's too many variables that can be manipulated with like a, a height check total, like where your head gets to there's, there's yeah. too many strategies and like anthropometric changes that kind of matter. Whereas when you do a vertex, like that is taken out of the equation, right? Like best case scenario, if you really wanted the best way to do it, tippy toes, tippy, tippy toes. What's your, what's your, what's your reach? What can you touch? And yeah. then, but that's, off. that's my, that's my qualm with it is that the reach is way too difficult to, Cause you can stretch like that'll, that'll affect how, how t- higher reaches. Like there's the lean, 
Like, yeah, but if I but if I'm looking at it and you and I are looking at it and we have certain parameters we want people to hit, we can tell. Like, you know what I mean? If I measure someone's reach, I can tell if it's legit or not. I can tell very quickly. I mean, you've seen me do yeah. it before. Like, I can ink an inch or two out of guys that that say their reach is one thing and then it's another. Like, yeah. you have to look for the rib cage. You have to look. It's like having a trained eye. You have to have a trained eye to measure someone's reach. You have to look at the rib cage. You have to look at the shoulder girdle. You have to look at the spine angle. You have to look at uh, whether they're an anterior tilt or posterior tilt. You have to look at their knees and see if they're fully locked out. You have to look at the ankles and see are they, you know, are they trying to bend the knees a little bit and move in the dorsiflexion? Like, I mean, there's tons of ways to like mitigate for that and kind of fudge it. But I think you'll know who those guys are. They're the ones that you're going to look at them and be like, you're not trying. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're obviously the thing not is, trying. it's almost everybody like for example like the dunk camp measure i feel like literally 70 percent of the dunk camp numbers were not fully stretched out reaches i wish i would have like, been there to see i know most of my guys i feel like did because i would have like i would have harped on them super hard but i mean maybe yeah. not I, I don't know i know josh like josh rinker fudged his reach the first year and the second year i was like don't do that <laughs> like go by yeah. your max touch don't like ignore your reach from last year you know, and let's see, like, and I think too, it's multiple measures. It's multiple measures for multiple people. And you go with your highest one ever. You don't go with the lowest. Like, you wouldn't pick the lowest measure that you ever had. You know what I mean? I think that's another yeah. big mistake. You have to really try to get consistent with it. But I, I think, yeah, I think it's possible to get consistent reaches. You, again, you just have to have a trained eye. You got to know what to look for. Just most guys don't. Are they depressing the scapula? Yeah. Are they side bending? Are they dropping one shoulder and raising the other one? You want to try to get them in the same exact position that they're going to be at the top of their jump. That's basically it, right? Yeah. I think I think in terms of like a competition or something like that, it would just have to be measured like right there. You'd have to be with them. Because you, be, yeah. you can't ever <laughs> you can't ever trust someone standing reach if you haven't looked at it. Like, well, you or I, you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you or I haven't looked at it. And the thing is like coaches, coaches fudge this shit too. That's what's crazy too is like yeah. you'll get coaches that will will not will not be honest in their measurement because they want their yeah. athlete I mean, to it's have a it's higher gonna measure. Make, it's going to look good yeah. on the coach. Exactly. If... It makes them look better. So we can kind of – I think if you look at all of them, you can kind of – our estimations with our mental corrections tend to be better than what the actual like measurements are on Vertex. <laughs> like just yeah. watching someone jump Another and looking at flight too times. Is like, like, you, can, you can double flight check. Flight times, I feel like we're really good at judging someone's vertical based – On flight like, time? If, if, if we see your flight time – Put it in the My Jump 2 app, add three inches to that. I guarantee that's what you would get on a vertex yeah. with a not fudged up reach. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The My Jump 2 app is good if you land. Like, you can look at their landing, and you can basically disqualify them subjectively. Like, it's it's almost like gymnastics. Like, you're just like, you look at it. Okay, I'm taking them out because they landed with super bent knees, and they landed with a bunch of flexion in their spine. Like, obviously, they're going to land with their center of mass in a lower position if you if you land that way. So, your flight time is going to go up. Versus if you land straight up yeah. and down like a freaking torpedo with your hands above your head, like your flight time is going to be way shorter if you're landing that way. So I just think that there has to be some way either subjectively to disqualify them to get the most accurate measures. And I kind of make it a game. I'm like, well, if I were to get 3D motion analysis, what would that number be? <laughs> and then what would my yeah. number be? Taking into corrections that you would maybe have on a Vertec or whatever else. And then kind of estimating as best possible what the actual number is. And that's crazy to say that you're going to estimate, well, the testing isn't reliable. The testing protocol is not reliable. 
So if the testing protocol isn't reliable, then I would rather use my mental corrections to get it closer to what I actually think it is. And in my mind, I can kind of create a framework, but that's useless because in any other scientific practice, you can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, in any other measure that will be unacceptable. So the best way to do it is force plates. Force plates are the, if you can hit the force, a big ass force plate, something the size yeah. of a weightlifting platform. And then you, in the you take future, off on that. we'll have a, we'll have a basketball court with a lab, a giant force plate underneath the entire <laughs> yeah. basketball. Well, there's, court. there's places like that exist that exist. Did you know? Yeah. Really? In the Middle East, there's a soccer field that underneath the whole soccer field, I think it's in Qatar. I can't remember exactly where it is, but it, the whole thing is a force plate. Like it's like a soccer field and the whole thing underneath it, it's just a bunch of force plates. And it's like, dude, the amount of money in there, like force plates individually cost like two grand or three grand. And they're maybe like two feet by like two feet. You, you take yeah. into consideration, you're going to do a whole, basically a whole football field, which is what, like 50 yards so, sideline to sideline and then 120 yards. So a basketball court, I believe an NBA square footage is basketball that? court is 94 feet by i think it's 50 feet like, multiply that um 4700 all right so divided by four right so basically yeah divided by divided four by what four is four times times two times grand two grand how much would that be two million three hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't think we could do that <laughs> we haven't even put the court in <laughs> it's just the fourth plates <laughs> i don't think that's gonna fly Oh, I'm gonna God. be honest, bro. With you. If I was a billionaire, the amount of shit. Yeah, I would but here's first the thing: all, what are you gonna a... do? Hire people to like? You wouldn't. First off, if you wouldn't need a... that much. You would just need the runway. Realistically, you need, and like half a court, and like you, half. You a wouldn't court. even need half a court. Well, you're gonna do it on dunks. Is that what you're gonna do? Yeah, oh. <laughs> okay. Then all you need to do is like get it basically. Basically, just have it in the key. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. And then from there, you could probably. You could probably get all the data you needed. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll look into it. <laughs> we also need a construction crew to build it for us. But, yeah, it would be pretty crazy. That's like a dream come Bro, true for I was a billionaire. The amount of things I would do for the dunk world is insane. Like, I would just blow money. Like, I wouldn't even give a shit about making money. I would just make a dunk league every year. Yeah. I mean, there are, yeah, produce. but most people have, like, more, like, for them, a dollar is still the value of a dollar. Like just because they yeah. have a billion doesn't devalue the the value of a dollar. So like they're yeah. not. That's how they got there. So I think it's like easy to say that that would happen. But billionaires look at a dollar and like it's still a dollar. It's so valuable. Yeah. They don't look at a billion dollars like and it doesn't devalue the value of a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be like if there's any eccentric billionaires listening to this podcast that want to blow money on dunking. <laughs> let us know. We have we have a way to use your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you also that would be sick, bro. A dunk league. Where there's force plates underneath also. So, like, every jump, like, they'll calculate how high they jump and they'll say it. Like Better yet, then we get cameras and we have a fully staffed biomechanist, like, fully staffed biomechanics group that can integrate all the force plates together. Maybe a software designer, too. They can integrate all the data and easily collect it, too, because that would be basically the biggest barriers. Like, you can have all the force plates, but do you realize how much data that is? Because every step on the force plate is calculated. So, you would need to synchronize, yeah. clap synchronize. Boom, that's the force plate starting to collect data. That's you starting to collect data. And then you got to go through the video, scrub to see at what timestamp certain jumps were. And then your force plates have to be at the exact same timestamp for the data collection. And dude, do you know how much data that is? Force plates can collect yeah. a thousand data points a second. Okay, so <laughs> you're going to look at 30 minutes of jumping. What? 
30 minutes of jumping. That's like <laughs> 60 seconds per minute. So you're going to do 30 times 60 times 1,000. You would have a million, almost 2 million data points, okay? I don't know if you know this, but that's a lot of data that basically a computer couldn't even process. Like you'd have to have a crazy computer to even process <laughs> that data, which by the way, that's for one axis. You would need multiple axes. You'd have the Z axis, the Y axis, the X axis. Now you have 6 million data points just for 30 minutes of jumping. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, man. <laughs> oh wait, by the way, that's one, that's one force plate. You'd have six. So yeah. if you had, <laughs> how many force plates did you have? Uh, for the NBA like a basketball yeah. court like 1700 of them so this is the this is uh, this would be the issue so it's 6 million data points no 1100, 1100. times 1100 this is ridiculous you would have 6.6 6 times 10 to the ninth. I don't even know what that number is but it sounds like it's in the billions of data points for 30 minutes of play why do you think we're yeah. not using that, right? Like, <laughs> it's just not usable. The data, there's, there's too much data. You'd have to have a software that could like, and a supercomputer that would be able to use it. The point of what we're saying here is, if someone can figure this out for us. <laughs> it comes back to the question of, the high, is it better to jump off one floor or two? Because we really haven't even answered that question yet because we got into the, the nitty gritty. So let's, let's just answer, use like, honest. let's just use the subjective corrections in our head and try to take the bias out of the situation. On a Vertec... I think that I think two foot jumpers would consistently jump higher, but the best two foot jumpers and the best one foot jumpers, if they learned how to test on it, would be the same, like very similar. I don't even know if there would be a difference. Yeah. That's my, that's my thought. Yeah. Like think about Ilya. Ilya actually does use the Vertec like regularly, you know, and he's touched, he's had a 50 inch vertical on it. Because uh, it, it comes down to your genetics, too. Like, how stiff are your tendons, like, your limb lengths. Like, I think people are naturally inclined to one jump style or the other. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. And, is like, this doesn't mean that's the one you're supposed to pick. <laughs> yeah. I think people are going to hear that and be like, well, first off, I said they were, they'd be roughly the same. I would say this. It's easier for two-foot jumpers to – it is easier – to find a jump strategy off two feet that will work for you that will let you have your highest vertical probably whereas like one foot is you're kind of fighting a losing battle a little bit because one to be a lead off one you probably need to be very light <laughs> so that's hard most people aren't like that two you would need yeah. to have very stiff tendons three you need to have a nervous system that's wired enough to generate force fast enough to jump off one foot so like i would say one foot is more there are fewer athletes on the planet that could have elite verticals off one foot versus two feet. I think there's more athletes on the planet that could find a jump strategy to work for them. Right. You could have a short ground contact time. You could have a long ground contact time. You could have a short penultimate step, a long penultimate step. Whereas like jumping off one is like two ways, speed jumping and power jumping. <laughs> and within that, there's and, not a lot of discrepancies. And it's easier to train two foot. Yeah, I think so too. Well. I think one foot's way harder to get better at, like way harder to get better at. What do you think? Yeah, because generally, like, two foot, like, especially with strength work, like, it's a it's lot It's like one-to-one one at first. It's like you get stronger, you jump higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And most people don't reach the point of it becoming, like, super complex. Like, oh, they don't They don't reach the point of diminishing returns with the strength work. It just, like, keeps going. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, you can just keep getting stronger and you'll just keep jumping higher. Like, at what point do you think do your strength does your strength work kind of get minimized in terms of its payoff and your jumping? 
do you think you're you're at that point of diminishing returns for strength work? I don't I don't even think so, honestly. Do you think I am for one foot? For one foot? If my squat was 400 pounds, I don't, know. I don't think my one foot would go. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if it would. I don't think it would. First off, I, I think I, I don't know if I can get stronger. Uh, maybe if I did steroids, I could. I, I don't know. But like I when I was squatting a lot, like a lot, I, ca- I couldn't. Let's put it this way. I couldn't get stronger without getting hurt, without hurting my hips or something yeah. like that. That's the, that's the other thing is like injuries, like what, what you actually can or can't do as well uh, plays a big role in that because like there could be a way for you to get stronger in some range of motion you haven't used, but like you might get hurt. That's what I'm saying. To, like to when I did that. the eighth squats or the quarter squats, the single leg quarter squats, single leg eighth squats, I was doing like 600 pounds or 500 pounds or whatever. And like most people can't do that, but guess what? My chondromalacia got so flared up from that. Now three weeks later, it's still flared up, like not worth it. And could I get better at it? Yeah. I think I could probably Dude, honestly, in an eighth squat, I think I could push like close to 750 in a single leg, I think for sure. So, but at what cost, right? It just doesn't make sense for me to do that because I'm probably going to, like if I, especially if I were to do a reactive start where I drove into the bar, you know, like I stood off of it and I like stomped and pushed up into the the bar off of like the ground. I think I could... (laughs) I think I could probably push over 700 pounds off with a safety bar or something like that. I think I could like just from a force plate. I think I've lifted 600 and something off the rack. So I I think I could. Yeah. But again, at what cost, like at my Highland cartilage, just getting ripped apart, it just wouldn't make sense. So, and even then I don't think it would help my vertical. I actually don't even think it would help my vertical. (laughs) So again, I just don't think that, strength work for one foot jumpers is going to do quite as much as it is for a two foot jumper. That said early on, whenever I was like at a plateau and I was stuck at, I think 30, I want to say I was, I was stuck at like 30, probably like 36, you know, maybe less than that. Maybe like every once in a while I'd hit 36, but I was probably around like 33, 34 consistently. That broke me like that strength work took me from that point to close, you know, close to 40 or 40 for sure. But I actually think when I was my strongest, I was not jumping as high as I am now when I was deep squatting 145. So, okay, that's 145K. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. You think strength work goes yeah. way further for you? Um, I mean, I, it, it's tough to say because I think it's also that, like, the injury risk as well, like, plays a big role. Like, if you got your it, deep squat to like, what point do you think it would still help your vertical, hypothetically? I think, hmm, like 450 in a front squat? I think, yeah. I think uh, like a 400 pound. I think, I I think uh, four, now that I think, I think about it, I don't even know. If, I think if you got your you front you squat to, think to too, 450. Like, I think also my strength fluctuates a lot too. Like, I just don't think it's linear. Like I think you would still yeah. see gains, but it's not going to be at quite the rate. Like when you went from 260 to 350 in your front squat, your vertical went way up. But I don't. Yeah. But I don't I think, think getting it I think from three fifty to four fifties, it might go up an inch for that hundred pound gain. I think right now it would be like improving my RFD would probably be. Well, yeah, but you the, can't improve your RFD without more max strength. Like max strength yeah, is yeah. the ceiling. RFD is getting closer yeah. to the ceiling. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't. I haven't like 
really ever tried to improve my RFD, like specifically. Like my my strength has gone up and up and up and up and up and up. Yeah, but that's what power cleans but are. But like power cleans are some of the highest RFD activities. Hex bar jumps, some of the highest RFD activities. Barbell jumps, some of the highest RFD activities. Yeah, but but I I've maybe had like a month or two of being able to like work on that power stuff cleans? over the past year. Yeah, where I'm actually like trying to push it, like and like go heavier. Like it's only been like a month. Well, or two I know what my focus year. is. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm going to focus <laughs> this next couple of months. No, I mean, yeah, that's. I guess if you're looking at it from that lens, I would probably agree. Like it would probably give you the most payoff in terms of it. But I mean, this really comes back to the question of like, which one should you pick or which one is, are you probably going to hit a higher vertical with? It's going to be two foot. Yeah. Unless you have mobility restraints, which then one foot actually is a really good strategy because you basically know mobility to do it, <laughs> which yeah. is why it's a great strategy for me. In which case then one foot. But I think if you're like a two foot guy and you have decent mobility, it's almost always going to be the better strategy for you to pick. It's just way more trainable. It's less sensitive to fatigue. You need less momentum to jump high. It ends up being a better strategy for in-game dunks. You need less basketball skill to use it in games. Like it just ends up being a better option. I feel like for people overall, if their goal yeah. is to like be good at dunking, whereas like one foot, do you know how hard it is to in traffic, get enough momentum to dunk off one foot and use my 40 inch vertical? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that almost never happens. You know, I think people are like, Oh, well momentum's your advantage. It is. If your ball handling is that of fucking Allen Iverson, but like, I don't have that capability. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not tall enough even to tap into a, a quarter of it and still dunk. So I don't know. That's kind of my opinion on it. Any other thoughts? Yeah. Highest uh, jumpers ever. Javier Sotomayor. Off one. Javier Sotomayor. Stephen Holmes. Hollis Conway. Franklin Jacobs. If you have any others, you can go ahead. I'm literally just typing these people in so I can just watch. You can watch them jump. Watch their shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's tough. Those are the ones off the top of my off head. Off two. Off the top of my head. They have the highest vertical velocities. Mutaz Barsham. Sorry. Should throw him into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there's other guys. Those are just the ones of the, like, Lis, Lisenko, I think is how you say his last name. He's... He's a freak. I'm sure there's some Russian guys. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. Those are the ones off the top of my head. Yeah. Two foot's tough. Daryl Sullivan. <laughs> Daryl Sullivan. I think if there's one person off one foot that can test crazy high, it's Daryl Sullivan. Just, I don't know why, yeah. for some reason, no one is. But, like, that would be the most viral thing ever. It just, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So, most, a lot of those guys don't care about yeah. <laughs> i know it's insane i'm gonna ask him to do it again <laughs> all yeah. right go ahead two foot fuck two foot's hard bro t-dub t-dub <laughs> wow we said it at the same time <laughs> <laughs> dennis smith jr dennis smith jr i feel like is, is definitely we don't know where there. spud web is but i would be curious yeah jordan kilgannon prime porter mayberry might be up there. I would have to watch more of him. I haven't really watched him too much. I've measured his flight times, bro. There's every Guy I, Oliver? I measured his flight times. Guy Oliver? Guy Oliver could also be up there. Yeah. Bro, Porter Mayberry, I'm at almost all his when he was in his prime, almost all his dunks were like one second, like when I was measuring. How about him. Hamilton? Where do you think Hamilton is? Hamilton? He's I don't up know. There, bro. 
Have you ever measured his flight times? On, like, no, his good, but I've his good dunked times? with him, and he touched 11-11 on that day. But it wasn't a good day, and the court was crap. I mean, he touched 12-1 yeah. or 12-foot off, like, off a of Vertec with potentiation or something. And his reach, I think, is maybe the same as yours, a little higher. He's, like, the yeah. same as you. He's, like, the same person as you. It's weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. He touched... He touched twelve foot on that on that one jump he posted. Yeah, yeah. He said twelve foot. It was a twelve foot touch. It was like easy too. That's pretty crazy. Jesus it was crazy. Christ. Yeah, I know it was crazy. He didn't even have a full push in. He just like was max powered yeah. it. Oh, you know who else? Uh, Dak on track, dude. He's oh yeah, he's disgusting too. He might have some of the highest flight times I've ever seen. Riley, yeah. dude. The Riley thing is, is like with tall insane. guys, it's tougher because it's a lower percentage of their height, so they don't look like they jump as high. Yeah, I feel like a lot of I feel like the highest of all times are the short guys. It's like the five six to five nine guys that like. Yeah, so you would say T Dub, Dennis. Who else? I wonder what Gerald Green. Oh, dude, he was gross. Because <laughs> <laughs> his were gross. Yeah, that's true. But he's tall. He's tall. Where do you think oh. Jake? Do you think Jay Clark's beating T Dub? Jay Clark, I think on his highest jumps ever is probably insanity. Same with Jordan. I think Jordan, like... I think Jordan... Dude, Jordan was the highest jumping athlete I'd ever seen in my entire life. He... Yeah. The only time I've seen you touch him was the day you tested your best vertical ever. Like, the, the day... Yeah. Like, when I saw him at his best, when I saw you touch that, or you at that level, was on the day that you touched 12-1, 12-2, yeah. whatever it was. That's what I... That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan, Jordan's definitely. We've tested Barth Golden and Dan. Child. They aren't close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this. Uh, Golden Child would have tested Freaky. I Dude, think. he was my all-time one of my favorites. Dude, Chand. Yeah. Chand, what can I mean? Chand. Chand was crazy in his prime. Yeah. Dude, that's this is tough. All right. Well, I feel like we answered the question. Honestly, if. <laughs> You heard the caveats. Pick two foot if you're trying to dunk and you want to consistently get better. Unless you have very stiff tendons and you suck at two foot and your mobility sucks and you're really yeah. elastic. There's a lot of one foot jumpers that have converted to two. Yeah. For dunking. Yeah. And it just ends up. Jordan Kugan is one. <laughs> yeah. It just ends up being being better. But yeah, that was a full conversation, guys. We'll we'll label this. Should you jump off one or yeah. two feet? <laughs> Should I jump off one or two feet? Peace out, guys. We'll catch you on next episode. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and we will see you on tomorrow's episode.